I just don't fucking care about it. It's just so it's just funny because like it's like looking back at my childhood, like so much of my time was spent in the snow, not just playing, but it was like this like my routine. It was like every single day before school, I had to like I was shoveling four to six inches of snow off the driveway, you know, like that was part of the routine. And so I was just spent so much time out in the snow. So it's like, it's just nice. It, it, not, now it's been raining in 40 for three days. So it's just like fucking mud gross city out there now, but. Oh man, it like warms my heart to hear that. It makes me feel so good that I left every, every time. Mud this is definitely city. the ugliest. This is definitely the ugliest part of the year for especially my backyard. Holy shit. Well, your backyard resembles camping. So <laughs> it does. It resembles camping. Um, <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? I don't know, man. Like when I, when I was in your backyard, it was very like you didn't feel like you were in the city at all. Like I felt like, mm. except for you know, aside from you living close to a hospital in the day. Oh, okay, okay. I got, I got, I got what you're saying. I got, yeah. But this time of year, it's like all you see is like the fact that we essentially just live on the banks of a ditch, and like, oh yeah, yeah, it, you know, hill, it is very sloped out there. Yeah, and and when there's no leaves on the trees and there's no leaves on the honeysuckle that lines the yard, you see the old rusty wire fence and everybody's mud pits in their yard and. Uh, ugh. So when you go to sell your house, you should advertise it as uh, like a city front house, rural back house. <laughs> like you should do some kind of like <laughs> Dr. Jekyll, city Mr. In the, Hyde. City in the front, <laughs> rural, rural in the back. In the back. <laughs> yeah, you got the mullet. You got the mullet yeah. crib. Um, no, funny. like when I was growing up, I used to shovel a lot of snow. I made a lot of money doing it like that. That is that's so thing. funny. See, that, that's the difference. It's part of my <laughs> daily routine. And for you, it was like, if I'm not making money doing it, I'm not fucking doing it. No. So me and this kid named Josh, who was like one of my good friends growing up, uh, we used to go shovel and we always had our like, we always had a little sob story. Like if people were on the fence, we're like, yeah, we're just trying to make enough money to go to the movies. It didn't matter how much money we had made. That is what we said every time. We're like, yeah, we're just trying to make some money to go to the movies. And people like had a tendency to overpay you. You know, yeah. you tell them it was 10 bucks for the, the sidewalk and walkway and salt and all that. And they're like, they give you 20, you know? Yeah. So that's the way to do it, kids. Listen up. Hustle. I wonder what people do out here. Like you can't really cut grass because they don't really have grass. You can't shovel <laughs> snow. Like what the fuck do you do? Like, hey, I'll, You're going to go sweep your walkway? <laughs> I'll tamp your rocks down. <laughs> Me shave your cactus. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, what to do. boy. Uh, so what'd you guys, what'd you guys do? Like, uh, we, we, did you exchange gifts? Yeah. But it, I think, you know, there was something nice uh, as much as it sucked that like, you know, my mom and sisters wanted to come down stuff like that, but they ended up, we ended up not doing that. So there was something nice about it just being the five of us, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, uh, just a quiet, a quiet Christmas morning and easy chill christmas day uh, so that was nice we did go and have dinner over at at sierra's mom's house but uh no it was a nice chill christmas what did what did uh you guys do obviously very chill um being that we don't really have family or know anyone out here uh so it was chill just hung out um obviously my wife's vegetarian so we never really focus on like a big meat-centered thing like the hams the turkeys things like that we generally do a lot of sides and things like that 
This year mm. was going to do a ham. Turns out I gave away, throw away, or lost my roasting pan. <laughs> so uh, I've got a ham. It's like still sitting in my fridge. <laughs> like I, I gotta, I need to do something with that. I need to fucking, I need to get a roasting pan. I was gonna say, uh, get a roasting pan. Yeah, I, got, uh, I gotta do that. You could probably order it on Amazon and have it there this evening. Uh, That's true. Could also um, probably go to the fucking store and get it. Did you get anything cool for Christmas? Yes, I always do. I always get the best stuff. Um, actually, my favorite thing this year, weirdly enough, was a coffee mug. Like, it's a flat, like matte black coffee mug, and on the front it says "Scared money don't make no money," <laughs> and that is my shit. That's become my daily driver now. Um, I have had the same daily driver coffee mug for I don't know five, six, seven years, maybe. It's a giant Mike Wazowski coffee mug. And oddly enough, my wife got me that as well. Um, I saw Julie Montgomery, Ken's wife. I saw she had it probably eight years ago. Oh, that's and funny. I was, I was obsessed with it. And so my wife found it and bought it for me. And I have literally been drinking coffee out of that. With the exception of, you know, I like to use my Ember mug and stuff like that from time to time. Uh, yeah. But that's been my my daily, and now this is my new daily. It's so hard, tough. It's also a great motto. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I got a couple pretty cool things. Uh, Sierra got me a um a new frying pan. It's all clad. I guess they're like oh, yeah. really really oh, fucking yeah. expensive. Top tier. Top tier. And I used it for a couple things so far, and that thing is baller uh so that's cool and it's a big boy i mean it's like probably like 16, 16. It, yeah and uh yeah so that that has already come in handy a couple times and then i got a fucking massage gun oh shit one of those uh those things that questionably look like sex toys yeah yeah and like dick 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 yeah dude dude fucking amazing amazing Okay, tell me about it. I want to know now that I, I have somebody talk to about it. I want to talk about this thing. Okay, it's just like a shaped like a gun. It's heavy, and uh, and it literally is just a. It just it's like a percussive. It just moves back and forth, and uh, and there's like mine has like a carrying case, and it has like I don't know, probably ten or twelve different attachments mm-hmm. so like like ones like a like there's like big foam balls there's like rounded like stainless steel like metal things there's like uh ones that are like two-pronged uh there's one it's actually i think my favorite and sierra's favorite it literally looks like a thumb like it's like oh, shaped yeah. like a thumb pressing down and uh and then you can change it from one like level one so like speed wise level one all the way to 20 Dude, Sierra used at level five on a knot on my back, and I can only take it for like maybe five seconds. Really? Yeah. Thing is, but like, like you feel beat up by it. Like, like it almost feels bruised the next day. Yeah, they look rough. I'm not gonna lie, but it's so I, great. Uh, so I guess it's a thing in sports medicine. I, I think that's I think that's where it's like where it's becoming popular. Oh yeah, definitely. Um. Who did I see? I, I feel like maybe it was Knox. Somebody had Lee a fucking, has one. Well, I think it was Knox that I saw. Um, somebody took 
what was it? It was like a jigsaw or something and just put a little ball on it. <laughs> and it was like, like, I mean, it's essentially that. the exact same thing. Yeah. That's wild. I wonder why those blew up. Cause I literally see them everywhere. Like they're at Best Buy. I think it's because they're, they're not cheap, but they're not expensive. You know, like, like I think this one's like a ninety dollar one or something like that. I mean, they can get up there for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, I, saw, uh, I saw one at Best Buy it was like four hundred. Yeah, but I think for one, the technology is cheaper, uh, and two, I think that because it's it's used a lot in sports medicine, I think it's got like the sign off on a lot of like you know doctors when it comes to muscles and stuff like that. So I assume it's because of sign offs. That's my guess. Hmm. All right. Uh. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to check it out. I don't, I don't, I am a big fan of massages and I can't get my wife to give them to me that much anymore. So I also got, I also got these guitar hooks. So I've been going to ask about those. And I, saw that I, they're I got guitar hooks and foam thingies for the wall. I see that 24 of them. So did you actually put them where they're supposed to be? Is it more decoration? Uh, uh, it was just the, where they're supposed to be. No, I, I didn't like look into it. They're not just decorative. Uh, yeah. no, but, yeah. Anything does something right. Like, yeah, it's, I have the, I have this, this damper, this like rug hanging from the ceiling or like, mm-hmm. or those moving, bl- the moving blanket hanging from the ceiling back here. And this wall, uh, uh, that I face is wood paneling. So that's not very echoey. Yeah. So these these two walls, the the left and right, needed dampen, and it actually makes a huge difference down here. Oh yeah, I so. can hear it just in your uh, your audio now. Oh really? Yeah, that's I awesome. Can tell it's less echoey. Um, so there's actually programs. If you're ever curious about this, there's programs that you can run. Yeah, you set all your shit up, you run the program, and it analyzes the room based on your mic and stuff, and tells you where to put some of your dampening, like. Uh, I ran it back at my old place when I was going to do something fancy with the office and never did. But I thought it, it's pretty interesting what they can do just off of software yeah. and a microphone. Yeah, I think I just wanted a general bringing down the resonance in here. Yeah, you can see I got I got some guitars on the wall. Nice. Haven't uh, haven't done anything since. I guess then. I didn't realize you had an SG. Oh, dude, that's my very first guitar ever. That's a studio. That's what I played all through, like Capture Edge and stuff. Nice. Did you see my post the other day with the bass? No. Oh, I have. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Are you yeah. finishing that? I, you know, I, I, th- I think I'm gonna try my hand at just refurbishing it in general. Like yes, uh, like it's my original bass. I got it when I was in eighth grade, uh, at a joint here which I did, had to do a little sleuthery because it's was closed a long time ago, but a small music shop on Kenny road called Sweetwater, not affiliated with Sweetwater, the mm. website. And I got it in like eighth grade here and it's an Aria pro two, which it, I know that nobody has anything bad to say about them. That's the thing is like, they're a niche Japanese. Mine is the cheaper ones that they started making in Korea in the mid nineties. So this one, it's like, I can't find one for more than 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still in really good shape. Granted, it was used as a snow shovel at one point. And, uh, 
but I took out, I mean, it was gross under the pickups and under the bridge, but I think I'm going to slap a new bridge on it, put a, probably one of those EMG plug and play P and J sets, uh, pickups in it. And then, you know, uh, and then I probably, uh, you know, sand it down, refinish it and stuff. And, and I needed a base anyway. So why not? I am, uh, I'm going to get a seven string and start recording with that. Like that's my thing right now. I've been hunting, uh, all over Facebook marketplace and Craigslist and, you know, guitar center and a few other places looking for like a good used one that, uh, won't run me an arm and leg. Like I'm not trying yeah. to buy like an $800, you know, yeah. iron label, despite the longer I look, that's, you know, yeah, it's you're going to, uh, maybe. but, uh, one other thing with this is if I, if I don't do it, if I don't do a good job and I fuck it up and it sounds like shit, uh, at the very least, I still like took care of something that's like literally my first musical instrument. You know what I mean? It's like part of my history. So yeah, well, that's, that's why you said you didn't know I had an SG. It's hanging yeah. on the wall. Uh, that's kind of like the thing with that is that thing. It took a beating. Like uh, one day I'll, I'll bring it close to the camera and show you the, you know, the SGs have an input jack on the front. Yeah. I was playing a show. Uh, and either myself or one of my bandmates stepped on the cord and straight ripped the whole input jack out. Oh yeah. So I took it to uh string shop, uh, and had Bill Foley. He relocated the input jack to the side, like a normal fucking guitar, uh, and put this weird makeshift, like mini pick guard over where the one used to be. So like, it's got the black pick guard and it's got a little black accent kind of pick guardy plastic thing. Huh. Um, covering the old input but other than that like that guitar is awesome sonically you just you cannot recreate the tone that comes out of the gibson like studio guitars yeah i I will never change the pickups on that guitar it just has like a great rock yeah articulated sound i love it um that happened in symphony and peril uh uh andy played an sg that was his that was his guitar and he had this beautiful coral one like we called it his pink guitar, but it was like a salmon <laughs> coral color and it was glossy. Uh, dude, it was so awesome. Mm. And, uh, we were playing gathering grounds in Dayton and just going wild, going buck wild. And he was on, he tripped and fell or was on his knees or something like that and landed on it. And the thing, the, the, the input just, I mean, the whole front just caved in. Yeah. And he, they, he had to get the whole thing refinished and then they did, they also moved it to the side, but like, it was a bigger job because the wood had to be all replaced and refinished and the co- the color had to be matched and all that shit. Yeah. It I wasn't was doing all that. I definitely was not doing all that as a 21 year old kid. Yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. This, yeah, this was a, a pretty expensive fucking guitar at this point. So yeah, I think I got anyway, one for like 1100 from uh, Sam Ash. Nice. Still rocking. Let's get to the news. We, uh, we teed it up and then kind of got sidetracked anyway. Good Christmas. Yeah, good Christmas. Except for, for the family God. of Andre Hill. Right. In your own neighborhood. In my own neighborhood. So two days before Christmas, uh, I was asleep on the couch, and I heard nothing. And I got up like normal, did my normal morning business, you know, drank coffee, you know, watching the news or whatever. Uh, or reading the news, whatever. And then I just got on Facebook and my uh, neighborhood wall was just like fucking going buck wild. And I'm like, what is going on? And I, and I finally put two and two together. And uh, yeah, unarmed black man 
visiting a friend in my neighborhood, two blocks from my house. Uh, cops were called, um, a noise complaint, non-emergency line. So the cops that showed up shouldn't have even been on any sort of alert. They shouldn't have been feeling tension in the air or anything like that. I don't know. Body cam. He had his body cam off, turned it on after the fact, but it records the last 60 seconds or something like that. And very clearly shows that he takes about five steps before he just unloads on this guy. And, and then you hear him when he rolls him over and sees that there's no weapon or anything like that. You hear him go, Oh fuck. You hear it. You hear it in his voice. He knows. And it was, it's a, it's a, it's, it was a weird week in my neighborhood. I'll tell you that. Like, I'll say that my, my neighborhood came together big time. I mean, there was, there was like a, there's a, there was like a little, uh, uh, memorial thing right there. And, uh, there was a lot of, uh, media attention. You know, my buddy who lives in the neighborhood is the New York times came and interviewed him a couple of times, you know, a lot of, lot of, lot of fuss going on, but like everybody came together and really tried. You could tell that people were really trying to put, uh, ideologies aside and really try to be neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, after about, two days three days uh it it started to get more tense people started getting a little bit people started arguing a little bit more especially when the uh the the actual call got released then there was like a bunch of folks who wanted to go rally outside that guy's house and you oh, could man. tell you, i haven't even listened to the call yet i didn't know it got released the call and you know here's here's the deal i i I understand the, the, the issues here. You don't, there's, if you don't understand why you don't need to call the cops or everything, look it up. There's plenty of reading to to do about that for sure. The, the, the call definitely sounded like an ignorant old, old guy doesn't understand why there's a car parked out in front of his house that keeps, that keeps the engine keeps starting and then turning, you know, on and off. And, and he's, uh, I I don't doubt that he's ignorant. I don't doubt that uh, he doesn't know any better of what he's doing, but there's nothing about it that sounds malicious. There's nothing about it that sounds, I don't ever hear bring up race or anything like that, but you know, that's beside the point. Uh, it, 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 it's been a weird, it's been a weird week in my neighborhood. That's all so, I'll say. It, it's, it's been weird. So without, I have not heard the call, obviously without hearing the call, I'm reluctant to make any comments, but previously I know I had said this to you that like I actually feel bad for the caller because this this thing that honestly we should be able to do without problems. We should yeah. be able to call a public servant who is responsible for protecting us yep. and they should come out without incident and investigate anything. If a fucking cat is stuck in a tree, they should get your cat out of the tree. Like if uh, if you're just sketched on a car that you don't recognize from your neighborhood you've lived in for umpteen years, they should be able to come check that out for you. Like that is that is why they exist. So in a sense, I feel like this neighbor who, again, I, I know I haven't really done my research. I know nothing about the neighbor. I just got some of the information from you. 
I'm going to listen to the call after the, after the show here, but, uh, in theory, they were just doing good neighbor shit. You know, they were kind of, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, th- there's nothing about it that, that made me feel like, fuck these guys. I'm going to go fucking scream outside their house, though. I understand the sentiment and the anger and, and why people would want to do that. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, the fact of the matter is, um, that, that was twice in three weeks that somebody from CPD, uh, the, an unarmed black man was killed by, by CPD. And it's, it's like, and, when the fuck is enough? Holy and fucking that, and shit. That one you're referring to, that's the Casey Goodman, right? Casey Goodson. Goodson. Did I say Goodman? Yeah. I did yeah. say Goodman. And his, he was walking into his house. His back was to the cop. He had subway in his hand. He, he, he had a, a permit for his weapon. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Uh, these things can go one of two ways. Like you either have people defending it and it's just going to, going to keep perpetuating. Uh, or one of these has to make people just, I, I don't know. I, I, the, I, don't, honestly, I don't know that it's ever going to. Honestly, these, I will say that these two happening that in that pro, close proximity to each other, you can tell. I, there's no been no real change yet, but you can tell that there's more of a sense like that they're feeling the political pressure from it. Like the right. mayor, the mayor said, the mayor said, came out, this is enough. He needs to be fired immediately and we need to investigate this. The fucking captain of the CPD captain immediately said, you know, made him turn in his badge and gun. But it's like, okay, but we all saw the video, so now arrest him. For murder, yeah, uh, I think isn't Adam he also Coy. one that's isn't he also one that said um, that he's like I literally can't defend these actions. Like he wasn't administered any kind of aid for five minutes, and they're also investigating the rest of the officers that showed up to see if they followed protocol. That's oh yeah, that's and again, you watch the body cam footage. No, they didn't. Um, but that's the other. That's all. That's the thing that is almost almost the most infuriating thing of the whole thing is you know where i live i live two football fields away from the best emergency room in the city like Mm -hmm. and these cops let this dude fucking bleed out on the ground i uh delivered some kidney stones at that place i've been I've been there. My wife delivered three kids at that place. Damn. No shit. I mean, not the delivering three kids. I meant like all at the same hospital. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's, it's everything about the situation went wrong. The cop wasn't, you know, and it's like for you, for, for you folks out there who pull this bullshit uh, response when any of this, well, you should have been, should have been following orders. Yeah. You know what? The cop should have had his fucking body cam on. He should have been following orders. The cop shouldn't have been ready to kill because of a non emergency complaint. He should have been following orders. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. This shit got me heated, man. It's, it's, it's when I say, sorry, when I say it's surreal, it's because it's like, I, it feels surreal to me to know this feeling like somebody in my neighborhood, this is supposed to be a safe space, a safe place. 
for a, for a community. And, and a guest in my neighborhood was killed by the people who are sp- supposed to serve and, uh, and protect us. And it, and it kills me to know that this is a normal feeling for a lot of people. Yeah. So, sorry, I'm done. Ranting. No, I, I get you. Uh, I think what I was going to say was just that there's a, like now living in Columbus and, and now living out here, um, in Arizona, I noticed a really big difference in police. Like the way that I've always thought about police or the way that I viewed police, um, the way they present themselves in Columbus, it really is, you know, it's so tactical. It's so almost military. Yeah. But it, it doesn't like I don't get that vibe out here. I don't even fucking like in Columbus, I would see police a hundred percent of the time. If I went out, guaranteed while being out, I'm going to see a cop. Hundred percent. Or several. I'm probably gonna see an incident. I'm gonna see people pulled over. I'm gonna see cops talking to somebody in the short north. Like I just always saw cops. Dude, since I've lived here, I, I've maybe seen four cops. And I don't huh. know why that is. I mean, we still have crime and shit. Like it, I read it in the news every day. There's been some like crazy shit that's happened out here, like people pulling up and just unloading gunfire into crowds, like crazy shit. Kid got killed. Like there's been some really wild shit that's happened out here, but I just don't see cops and I don't know why that is. And even when I do see them, I don't feel the same way that when I would see cops in Columbus. And that might just be because, you know, I was around it more and, and personally no, but. I just feel like the way they present themselves out here is is a ton different than what I saw in Columbus. Um, so other like sad things that have happened around the holidays is the bombing in Nashville. Jesus, man. And I know when that first happened, uh, you know, everybody was scrambling, reading as much as they can, like trying to find out like what are the facts, what are the motives, things like that. The whole thing is fucking crazy. Did you have anybody? I mean, we're we're both from musical backgrounds. Did you have anybody uh, affected or living around that? Oh yeah, I mean, two of my best friends in the world live in Nashville, so uh, you know, rock their Christmas morning. Yeah, like everybody could crazy. hear it. You know, like that was the thing. That was the thing. It was like you know, everybody I know lives in East Nashville, and that's pretty close to downtown, and uh, they could hear. Everybody could hear it. It like woke people up and. Yeah. So. And I know I sent this to you and I've still not done any research on it, but holy shit, conspiracy theory. Yeah. So the official party line on this one is the fact that he was some uh, right wing conspiracy theorist uh, who thought that 5G, you know, is one of those guys who thinks 5G is like controlling us, is like mind control or whatever the fuck those guys think and was blowing up AT&T. Like that was, that's the whole thing, the, the supposed thing. And, and like that he warned people to get out of there beforehand. Cause he didn't want to like, he wanted yeah, to minimize yeah, like, casualties or something like that. But like the conspiracy theory is what that, like uh, the dominion voting machines uh, have a bunch of their data on some server that's in that AT&T location or something like that. And this is all to to stop them from overturning the election in Donald Trump's favor. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it was that. And it was like, 
you know, the internet was down. They they actually did like, supply. Oh, Sorry, don't die on me here. Uh, I got that super they, COVID. We're gonna we'll talk get about to that. that too. We'll get to that. No, they, it, it like supplies the internet or something to like a supercomputer, like Kraken. There's yeah. a, if you're if you're out there, you just got to read this shit. Like I almost couldn't follow it. Like that little article that I sent you or that image I sent you, there was so much information in that. I was just like, man, I you got to really know your shit to follow I, this. Yeah, and you know, like I love a good conspiracy theory. It's so fun to read this stuff, but it's like all of these hinge on so many thousands of people staying quiet about it. None well, of this. A, there's that saying that uh, three people can keep a secret if two of them are dead. Yeah, right? exactly. So, oh, man, you want to talk? Oh, about, yeah. you want to talk about some good, some good news? Yes, some good news. Uh, the viral twisted tea marketing is out of this world right now. I can't believe what their sales are going to be doing after the dude gets. <laughs> smacked with the tea oh man I can't, I can't tell you how many fucking people i've seen go buy a tea just to like pose yeah. with it i mean the, i i really am curious to see what their sales are after this you seen that meme that's like the ceo of twisted tea is like why is our sales skyrocketing and the social media person is like <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> dude you know what my whole th- my whole thing with that i was thinking about that before we before we got on here is that uh, just at the end of a shitty year that was really fucking throwing every last jab it could in the last minute MF doom rest in peace. And, oh uh, but you know, I feel like that was just a bright spot at the end of this shitty year that really brought everyone together. It doesn't matter. Even if, even if you're a racist, like you watch that video and it is so satisfying watching that kid get what he deserves because he's being a, a fucking idiot. And and I don't know. I, it, the video is just so satisfying to watch because it's clear it's clear that dude deserves it. And two, it takes so long to get to it. And the best part is when he sizes up the can in his hand or he tosses it really quick to feel mm-hmm. how heavy it is and to get the best leverage. And you just know it's coming. <laughs> You're like, when is it going to hit? When's it going to hit? It's like, the, it's like a fucking EDM bass drop or something like that, which I think is why it has sprung so many goddamn memes. It's a gift uh, that keeps on giving. It's not just those memes. I love that people are using it in musical memes. Like somebody oh, had the, the Nine Inch Nail song. Oh, and it was dear. like they used the crack of the can. So I've always liked to hear cans exploding. I, I mean, do you remember when they used to hang those bags? Fucking <laughs> video uh, so funny. <laughs> they used to hang those bags like you, they have ads in them and sometimes have free samples in them. Could be chips or something. Dr. Pepper used to put like Diet Dr. Pepper, like a can of it. And being the asshole kids that we were, we would, you know, take them from friends' houses and things like that. <laughs> and we'd go throw the cans, right? And it was so satisfying to hear the crack of the can, like shake it yeah. up, throw it, poosh, that that noise when it hits the ground. Same fucking noise when it hit that kid's face. By the way, that kid's name is Randy Teeter. Uh I've been I've been doing some research, like he's still talking shit. Still talking shit. Of course shit. he is. Of course he, he is. Yeah, he's like He's like, I'm from the hood. Anybody that doubts that, I've been scrapping since I was a kid, yada, yada. Uh, he also said the only reason that 
he lost that fight is because he hit him with a cheap shot. And I can't help but wonder what he deems a cheap shot when he was leaning over saying, smack me, smack me. And then the guy smacked him. And it's like, so wait, you were inviting it, but it was a cheap shot. Why was it a cheap shot? He was inviting it. He was inviting it. And if he wasn't so hammered or fucked up or whatever, that he was actually had his eyes open and would have watched the guy. He would have, the guy was very clearly, it was like, again, watching that video, it's very clear what is about to happen. And if you don't see it coming, my God. And fucking, I, of course, it happened in Ohio. Why oh wouldn't man. it? Why wouldn't it happen in a suburb of Cleveland? <laughs> oh, so boy. One thing that – do do we get credit for sober, super COVID? Does, does America get credit for that or where no. did that originate? That was the UK, right? British, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done a whole lot of reading because I don't want to depress myself and thinking about another wave of a nearly unfightable fucking, you know, uh, contagion. Well, I've read about it a little bit. And from what I know is that it is – the vaccine is still effective against it. Mm-hmm. The difference on this is it's just a mutation of COVID-19 that is a lot more contagious. So, like, it spreads faster uh, because it's it's easy. It's, it's, it's more contagious. It's more resilient to Lysol. I don't know. Dude, nothing. Dude, Lysol kills fucking everything. We, 99, we just- 99.9% of all bacteria. You know why they say that? It's like condoms, dude. You know why they say that? It's because they need to have the out, the liability out. No, they say it because there might be a fucking super COVID that the Brits gave us. Man, they we're say gonna that call shit. It, we're going to call it the fucking what's – a, what's a racist thing uh, uh, or a, something we could say against the Brits? Uh, the bad teeth virus. I don't know. Let's give it. Let's give it a fucking name. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was like, where's he going with this? Where's he going with this? Um it's uck. You see, you see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I, I, uh, we'll just have to, we'll just socially distance by eight feet and we'll be fine. You said it's more contagious. So that's, yeah, that's all. It takes two masks, uh, goggles. So basically everybody get in your steampunk outfit and we'll stay eight feet apart. And then we'll and be fine. we will, and we will be number one in steampunk culture. Yeah, you know why you know why the British got it and the American haven't seen it yet is uh it's fluoride. That's what it's <laughs> fluoride. Um Well, we have seen it. They've found it in California and they found it in Florida and they found it in Texas. Man, don't kill my vibe. Don't kill my joke. Don't kill my vibe. Um while we're on the subject of wrapping up the year, I know that you've got a top ten we're gonna look at, top ten records of uh, 2020. But before we get to that, we'll talk resolutions, intentions. Uh, do you have anything? First of all, do you believe in resolutions or intentions? Or do you know, or do you, I'm sure in theory. Do I believe in intentions? No, uh, I don't I really around, do. Around this time of year. I don't really do resolutions. I stopped doing resolutions maybe five years ago. I just I saw the pattern in my adult life of setting a, a resolution and doing doing whatever it is for four days you know what i mean and so for me i do think intention is is a is a better way of looking at it so for me it's like uh i'm coming up on four months no booze and i'll tell you waking up on january one without a major hangover for the first time in adult memory 
you know, like felt good. And so I think mine maybe is if you want to call it resolution, sure. You want to call it just intention, whatever, but it's just to keep my momentum going. I mean, I'm down, I'm sub 170 for the first time. I don't know, since like 2003, I don't know, 2002. Man, that's, first of all, that's incredible. I've lost, I've lost 21 pounds. <laughs> first of all, that's incredible that all you did was cut out drinking and lose that. Because you really haven't changed anything else, right? Uh, yeah, I haven't really changed a lot, but we have been trying to eat out less and cook more at home. And we have done that pretty well, too. So eating, we're not necessarily eating a lot better, but we're eating less uh, processed. Okay. So you, you, you kind of touched on what I wanted to talk about with resolutions versus intentions is resolutions feel very goal oriented. They feel like you can't measure progress against it. You just do or do not complete your resolution. Right. And that's always been my problem with them is I am fucking terrible. Like I, I suck and four days in, I'm done doing something as well. So with intentions, I'm trying to do it with smaller i'm making them smaller and trying to do them with intent uh one of them is i want to we want to eat out less so we're going to start doing this you know every sunday as a family we do something together whether it's cook a meal from scratch uh yesterday we made cupcakes from scratch um so we want to do more of that that's that's going to be like not only family time but it's going to give us um it's going to give the kids a better understanding that we don't have to always open a packaged meal or, you know, create everything from packaged ingredients, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't necessarily have that growing up. I don't know if you did, but we were not a, a very meal oriented family. You know, I'd eat like a box of macaroni and cheese for dinner. Like uh, we were back. It, it was my mom liked to make meals, but my mom also worked a lot. So well, it was a lot of macaroni and cheese and shit like that. Yeah. So, so a lot of hamburger helper. Oh, fucking dude. To this day, I fucking love hamburger. I mean, helper. one of my favorite meals and I've passed the, it's become one of Roman's favorite meals is, uh, HMC, the hamburger, macaroni and corn, pound, a pound, a brown, a pound, of hamburger, make a box of mac and cheese, mix it all together with a can of corn. It's a shit, man. I know every time you say that, I always wonder, like, what is the corn adding to that sweetness? Like, it adds a it adds a sweetness to it. There, it adds a, a crunch to it. You know, like a little bit okay. of a crunch to it. Uh, and no, it just it it. And you're getting your veggies. Are you though? No, you're getting it corn. Doesn't, yeah, see, it doesn't matter how much you can chew corn for like five fucking minutes, and you will still shit out whole corn. It's like it goes <laughs> back together inside. Corn is made of magnets, and it just goes back together. I don't understand how it speaking works. Speaking of speaking of corn and cooking together, uh, my dude Chris and I made. Well, he did most of the work. I I I helped though. Uh, we made tamales from scratch last night. Got to be honest. When you said speaking of corn, I, I thought this was a a music thing. I thought I was thinking K <laughs> K O. And so I'm not, uh, I'm not sad. I'm a little disappointed it wasn't a music thing. But uh, out here, you know, a, a huge Mexican population, and like our local grocery stores always have like tons of ingredients I've never seen back home. I would love to make tamales as well. I keep yeah, seeing things for them in the store. It was a lot of work. All right. Well, what do you want to do, man? You want to do your top 10? You want to crank it out real quick? Sure. Let me pull you it got, up. Yeah, you got it. You got it on your phone or something? 
Uh, I tweet. I I I, I tweeted about it uh, a couple uh, uh, a week or two ago. Dude, I'm so in and out. I'm in and out of Twitter. I try to get on there and use it. I've been trying, uh, but pretty much I just get on there and reply to something you said two days ago, and then I true. That's it. Uh, While I'm looking for it, uh, here's another thing that just happened. Uh, Rest in peace to uh, Adobe Flash Player. (laughs) Finally, the HTML5. HTML5 was what was supposed to kill it. Is that what? That's, I mean, that's essentially what did. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was Apple. Uh, it was Apple's fault, it, straight up. It, it, it was Apple put out the iPhone, revolutionized the industry, and Steve Jobs said, and, and the iPhone is not going to support Flash Player. Simple as right. that. And uh, and it's just so funny because I I literally spent three to four solid years of my career mastering Action Script three, the programming language in flash and i was really fucking good at it i did some really cool flash sites and uh like flashlights flash sites that were like updatable like from the back end you know things like that like that that not that a lot of people weren't doing you know and then all of it was to waste not really no i'm just action script's actually pretty close to javascript so if you get i have the concept so i can still write javascript pretty well because of that so Mm -hmm. okay i found it so I'm going to run through this really quick. These are my top, and this was very hard. I will say that 2020 was good for one thing, and it was good for a lot of fucking new music. And I started with, I think I had 27 records. I had to whittle down to 10. Mm. So I, and I was surprised at a couple that fell off. Uh, so number 10, uh, uh, Umbra Baite, which is uh, and Shadow of Life is the name of the record. It's a death metal done by a hardcore supergroup. Uh, Jake Bannon, um, Gunface from Red Cord, uh, Sean Martin from Old Hate Breed, uh, doing like a fresh take on death metal. It's a great record. Listen to it. Um, Number nine, Narrowhead, 12th House Rock. Have you listened to this band, Narrowhead? You would like never even Never even heard of them. Okay. Uh, they, the way, best way I can describe it is Sunny Day Real Estate doing uh, Our Lady Peace covers. It, you know, so like a, a kind of mainstream 90s alternative rock take mm. on 90s emo, but by like dudes who's like, parents were into that stuff you know like kids like like young young dudes that are way too good at writing 90s music very good album uh number eight conway from king to a god fucking great record we've talked about that length uh number seven greg pucciato child soldier child uh, uh creator of god so this is the singer of dillinger um and He's got his other project, The Black Queen, which is like Nine Inch Nails y. And then he's got Killer Be Killed, which I don't really like that much, but it's with uh, Max Cavalera, Troy Sanders from Mastodon, and Ben Collar from Converge doing like Blitz Rock. Um, but this record is just kind of, it's all over the place. Uh, I, I, I call it The Bastard Child of Tears for Fears and Nine Inch Nails. I mean, some songs sound like Marilyn Manson, some of them sound like, like, like fucking phil collins but 
it's just the songs are just so good. They're just so good. Heavy when it needs to be heavy. Uh, another one, number six, we've talked about length, the occasion strain, slow decay, slow decay. I mean, I can't believe that these guys are still making music better than the whole genre that they inspired 20 years later. Yeah, but they've also – their writing has grown quite a bit. I oh, think absolutely. it's grown very gracefully with their audience. Yep, and our friend breathed new life into that band. Um. Number five, Emma Ruth Rundle slash Thou, the collab record, May Our Chambers Be Full. I mean, it's like haunting, uh, beautiful female vocals, uh, then with like the best crowbar riffs that Kirk Winstein didn't write. And it's just so great. Um, number four, Hum, Inlet. I mean, the fact that this band came back, at their first new record in like 23 years, and I couldn't stop listening to it. It's just, it's just, a wall of riff sound. I know you didn't like it that much because you didn't like the drums, uh, but uh, it's just a wall of wall of beef sound. Okay, number three, Elder Omens. This I thought was going to be my number one. Honestly, like most of the year, I've listened to this record so many goddamn times. It's just a journey, a psychedelic journey. Love it, but it's also like kind of emo, like at the same time. It's like kind of stoner rock, kind of prog, kind of emo. Anyway, uh, number two, Run the Jewels, RTJ4. I mean, what is to, left to be said about this? It's incredible. It's perfect. Would you say this is the best RTJ yet? You know, I think it is. I think it is. And I, I don't know that that's popular opinion, but I definitely think it is. Side note, great podcast called Song Exploder. There's actually a Netflix show, uh, now, like a like a like a a show version of it uh where they basically break down they talk to an artist and they break down one song and and it's very interesting and they do that song just the song that's got zach and uh uh pharrell in it Mm -hmm. it's so great uh but yeah that record's incredible and number one paul bearer forgotten days the you know this record came out a little bit later in the year, and a lot of times those later in the year records are hard to get on my list because I haven't really gone that deep it with them yet. But that one, I already loved the band, and to me it took the best of what I loved about who they used to be and the best of what they became and put it together into some real fucking heavy and have emotionally heavy shit. And I mean, I listened to it. I got it on. I got it for Christmas on vinyl, and I listened to it this morning for the first time loud while I was just like cleaning. And my one song literally made me cry. So there we go. So every year you do these top ten lists. Are you going to do a decade list? So we talked about this, and uh, I haven't had a chance to go back through and look at all my number ones. But in theory, the top ten of the decade should still be the top 10 of each year. So then you got to pick a top, a number one of the decade. My gut, my gut without, without really going through and looking at all my number ones album of the decade, my gut says to pimp a butterfly. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. It's also interesting. I, I love that you somehow can, can, go through all the different genres and find their spots. I am really bad at that. 
I like a lot of music as well. So I, that's, you know, that's what I should be doing. I should be going through all of them, but I am terrible when it comes to that. I just get, it depends on like my mood. Like right now I'm listening to a shit ton of like, I don't know what to call it. Genty death core. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Like I, I've been fucking stuck on that goddamn band, uh, hard reset. I know I sent you one of their songs. Oh yeah. Yeah. And because like, I didn't like their old stuff. And so when I heard, I actually didn't even listen to anything from 2020 from them. Like I only heard the shit from like, I don't know, 2018, 2017. I was kind of like, eh, they're doing what they're doing and it's, it's whatever. And then damn if that Twisted T video or the Twisted T thing came out. And now you just want to listen to mosh parts. Somebody sent me that and it had a breakdown. And I was like, I need to find out what song that's from. And then when I found out and I'm like, oh, it's hard reset. Damn, did they? Okay. Maybe I'll check out their new shit. And then I did. And the vocals changed. They sound huh. like every time I die vocals, but Weird. over top Genty metalcore. And like, it works. I don't know why it works, but it works. Some of their parts are still kind of like, I'm like, all right. They, it, they, here, here's what they feel ahead. like to me. They feel like a band who are just fucking around and having fun. And it sounds like stuff you and I used to play before and after recording podcasts in purpose or in person. Yeah. And that's why I like it. It sounds so fucking fun and not overthought at all. It sounds like they wrote a riff and said, what do you want to do next? Let's do this. Okay, cool. We're doing that. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. There's a whole, this, there's this weird new kind of melting pot genre that I feel like the lower people tune and the more digital tools they use all these bands are slowly just kind of melting into this like bin of this downtuned digital genty deathcore metalcore you know it, you know what i mean there's this there's this uh playlist on on spotify like an official spotify playlist called heavy beatdown they used to be just it, like even like 6 months ago it used to be just like knock loose and and you know just like the newer mosh bands mm. but now it's just this like kind of bastardized version of death core slam you know weird sludge old mosh hardcore and then like kind of like that super digital genty stuff with electronics and crap all put into one thing have you listened to that man distant yeah have you listened to body snatcher yeah dude these bands they're all crazy it's all that's the most it's the most over the top it's just breakdown after breakdown after breakdown after breakdown. That distant band, it's it, it's the guitars are tuned so low and the tone is so grimy, but digital at the same time that it literally sounds like that like the guitar tone sounds like he's playing on a out of tune tom or something and it's like you know it's just like it sounds percussive i don't always like i don't always like the down tune guitars uh there's a band called humanity's last breath yeah i've heard it okay so i actually thought that this is one band you might like because they go through these periods of of songs where like it's very even though it's super super low it's it's almost doomy but then yeah. they'll like they'll do blasts and grinds and stuff like that. They're they're an actually really good band. I feel like a lot more people would like them if they just used seven strings because they're 
they're talented. Like they're very talented at their instruments. They all play it. And even though it is a really good recording and could, you know, could be viewed as like digital and stuff like that. Uh, that being said, I tried to play a song on my TV the other day and I realized how poor drop E sounds on, <laughs> on TV speakers. I mean, I, it was on, I couldn't listen to it. Yeah. And then I can disappear where I have, yeah, where I have like nice studio monitors. And I'm like, all right, there it is. That's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, speaking of digital heavy things, uh, uh, since we've podcast last, I released our, our another record. <laughs> oh yeah. That's about it. <laughs> now, uh, I know we kind of hinted at it. You know, it was, it was kind of a secret and then the secret kind we started talking about it a little too much. And anyway, uh, the end of November around Thanksgiving, Lee, you know, Lee's a challenge guy. You know, he does, he, he does, he does lifting and CrossFit and all that shit. So everything's a challenge. Everything's a, you know, whatever. That's cool. I don't work that way generally, but he challenged me and it was a good one. He said, okay, here's a challenge three new songs written uh, three new human law songs written, recorded, mixed, mastered, ready to post on Christmas day, or they don't get posted. And, uh, we beat our, we beat our deadline by a week. And, uh, and when we got the masters back from Knox, um, we were too stoked about it to wait. So we just released it on Bandcamp. It was like the 22nd or something like that. And uh, so it was fun. And then I actually did it the right way with Spotify this time. So like we got on people's release radars and stuff and I'm praying that we get playlisted. So that'll be cool if we do, but uh, no, it's called misery and I really like it. I actually think I might, I almost might like it better than the EP we put out a couple months ago because this feels a little bit more, visceral i guess uh because we wrote it all at the same time uh really quickly and the reason it's called one two it's called misery and then it's one two and three uh is because i also feel like it's kind of one thought um like that feels good together as a as a whole but it was cool because we like the third song specifically like we we wrote he had lyrics and i had a handful of riffs and we wrote riffs around lyrics and recorded vocals and wrote riffs around the vocals we recorded. And then later, a couple of days later, I arranged it into a song. Like that song was written like in the cloud basically. And, uh, <laughs> so that was really interesting. And that you'll, you'll notice there's like some interesting stuff. Like I had it in my mind, I had the idea of what if I did like a Kendrick Lamar style beat switch in the middle of a hardcore song. And, uh, we do that in track three and I think it works really well, but, uh, no, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. And I, and it was fun to, it was a fun challenge to just write and not overthink it. Exactly what you're saying is like not overthinking it. I, we didn't have time. I didn't have time to obsess for six months like I did with God's work, the EP yeah. before that. You know, that was a lot of thinking. This was some fucking riffs and really, really mad lyrics. So I don't know. I like it. Yeah, it's sick. I know when you sent it to me, I thought it was one track. So I only listened to one track. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. By the way, so. it's three tracks. Um, yeah, it's it's about time, like honestly, to start getting back to real life. I am 
very sad that tomorrow uh, work starts and all that shit because been kind of just chilling. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of what else what else happened before I move on. No, nothing. I guess it's just been a real, real cool. Yeah, I mean, wrap I, up it, to a year. Yeah, I think when I, you know, back to real life. For me, it's like I I didn't have a bunch of PTO left, so I still was like kind of working the last couple of weeks. But mm-hmm. like, I was the only one on my team that wasn't straight up on PTO the whole time. All the leadership of my company, you know, they just take basically take this time of year off in general. All of my clients arrived town, so it was like really working in quotes. You know what I mean? Well, that's and, why I don't take these weeks off. I didn't and, take them off. Yeah, and so. So, you know, it's just it kind of like a lot of putzing around doing other stuff. And then like, uh, um, you know, the kids getting back, it's like school starts tomorrow and uh, you know, get, after they've been off for the last two and a half weeks too. So, you know, it's just like tomorrow is like rubber's going to hit the fucking road. So what, what was, uh, what were your, what were the, you know, every kid has like the big present, right? Like their, their number one thing. What were your I was, kids like? I was trying not, I was trying to get away from talking about this, uh, because mine is an embarrassing situation. Um, well, Beatrice got a new iPad and an Apple pencil, um, which, uh, I, I got her procreate and, now she hasn't you get them dave tevinall brushes bro (laughs) oh i forgot he has brushes i should get some dave tevinall brushes for anyway uh it uh you know now she has an endless stack of paper so yeah uh that's really cool Um, save the environment and whatnot yeah and then um no but the santa got santa got the boys a shared present of an oculus rift s uh, but Santa did homework, but not good enough homework and realized that uh, Rowan's PC is not up to snuff to run the Oculus Rift S. Aww. So the two options at this point is Santa returns the Rift S and gets a quest, which is less full featured, but standalone. Or I get a PC for the house. So one of the two. You know, I'm your go to guy. You know, I know. I'll, I know. I can get you squared away, dude. Um, so we'll see. It depends on when the, it depends on, uh, when this STEMI comes. So I think we already got some money. We haven't got ours yet. We did. We got some, only we got, you know, everything, but, um, so Hayden's big gift, Nintendo 64. Oh yeah. That's so wild. So he's getting yeah. into retro gaming. He has, he's been for a long time. Like he's got Game Boy Advance and, and, and DS and like all these, like, retro handheld like regular game boy like he's got all these things he he should watch he should watch uh devin's he does twitch. he does he does he follows him on twitch and watches it that's awesome yeah so you know hayden streams and shit too today he was streaming like some counter-strike or something but um that's his next thing he wants to do is stream some of the retro games um he's got goldeneye he's got mario kart 64 so awesome it's been uh gotta get him, ass. Gotta get a perfect dark. You gotta oh, yeah. get a, you gotta get a perfect dark. You got because I mean that's basically Goldeneye too. Yeah, uh, you gotta get them. You gotta get them the OG Tony Hawk one and two. That's not on 
That's not on 64. That's PlayStation, isn't it? That's PlayStation 1. Uh, but that was the same time the 64. It was on 64, too? No. It had to uh, it. Okay. Okay. You look it up. I don't know. I don't think so, but maybe that's because I always played it on uh, PlayStation, and I also played Cool Borders. Like, those were my shits. Um, I have a PlayStation 1 back back in Ohio. I got a... Nice. I got that in a, a Sega Saturn. I need to. Have. I got a. I got a somewhere in the in a box in the garage. I have a Japanese PS2. Oh shit! Because uh, my dad, back in the '90s, was doing a bunch of concept design for Nissan, and he did the interface for the GTR uh, concept. He did mm-hmm. like the. It was like. Uh, a whole new way of looking at a tachometer and stuff like that. And Nissan liked it so much. They were working on, uh, they were working on Gran Turismo three and, uh, it, the interface was in the game in the Japanese version of the game. So my dad got, my dad got a Japanese PS two so he could have it. That is wild. Yeah. Uh, I think it's PSU. You know what I like about these little conversations? Because like that's a story you would have never thought to tell. Yeah. But it just naturally came up in conversation. I, yeah. I love shit like that. Because you said that you had a PS1. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, that's – yeah. The, the We have a – I think I got rid of our – I think I got rid of the 64. I don't know. What happened to that? I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. You got to go back to the boxes. Uh, so a couple, couple quick things. Um I'm going to get this one little piece out of the way just because I'm not this guy. I'm not a guy who like, you know, I'm not like everyday carry and like tactical tools and knives and shit. I was like wondering that. what EDC meant. <laughs> yeah, that's not me. Uh, but damn, if you don't every once in a while see like a product or see something and you're like that, that one is, I like that. I would carry the shit out of that every day. There's this fucking knife. And I, this is a perfect example of Instagram or Facebook ads. I saw the ad somewhere. But it's called Dejo, like D-E-E-J-O. And the website's like my my Dejo. And these have to be some of the most, like, I don't know, beautiful, minimalistic knives I've ever seen. To where it's two weeks later, and I'm still, I'm still like, I'm about to buy one of these. Like I'm still thinking about getting one, knowing that I'm not the type of person that carries a knife every day or anything. I do carry one in the car just for like opening packages and shit, but you gotta check these knives out. I feel yeah, like you I mean well, I got I got a I got a knife like a secret Santa gave me a knife five years ago, and I've carried it off and on, uh, mm-hmm. and it and it is handy. You su- you're surprised you'd be surprised at how handy it is. Yeah, you so you like carry it like in your pocket. Yeah, because it's not huge. It's a Gerber. It's just a small Gerber. But like, uh, you know, even like today, I was mopping the floor and uh, the the mop and glow like was glued, you know, like the, the, the sprayer was glued. So I just popped that and poked a bunch of holes in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah, I have, I have one and it's like right around here. Actually, I think it, I think it's, I know it's right around here somewhere. There you go. There you go. You can see my, my nice. flat. No, the mine looks exactly like that. It's got the assisted oh, no. opening. Mine's smaller though. Mine's smaller. Uh, it's pretty baller ass knife, dude. The the one I sent you. Yeah. Doesn't it? Isn't it so tasteful? Like I feel like 
I don't know. I, I And you can customize it. Like you can pick which like etching or style or engraving. You can pick like your blade color. You can pick, pick the handle from wood composite. Like I'm sorry, but like this is probably frowned upon or looked at like uh mass marketing knife. Like I don't know. There's probably something negative I'm sure from the – knifey boys out there hey knifey uh, boys tell us if it's a stupid thing but i'm telling you i don't know what it is about that knife it makes me want to carry it so speaking of new things speaking I'm of new things speaking of new things i'm carrying in my pocket yeah iphone yeah. 12 baby is that, uh, give me what is that though there's there's got to be like five different models right is that it's, like I, the, it's a 12 pro I got the, I went, I went all out. I haven't, I haven't gotten a new phone three years. Maybe, uh, I had the first generation 10 and, uh, and, um, I, I had, I, I, if I was going to do it, I was going to do it. And I, and I had to, uh, get, um, uh, I had to get the 12 pro because I had to have the new camera and it is, yeah. The camera is fucking amazing. I know that you have had a good camera for a very long time. So save it. Let me no, bask it, in this. No, no, no. So be, before you go on, <laughs> let me interject. I think that if I could only have one camera, it was my all around camera, it would always be an iPhone camera. They yeah. are incredible. They're constantly incredible. And it's not just the tech, it's the software and processing yeah. behind it. The, 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 when you switch between wide angle and the normal lens it it somehow seamlessly animates between the two lenses and i don't know how it does it it's crazy um but no then the night mode's amazing and i don't know if you saw the picture i posted on instagram but that was an hour after dark and yeah. uh but like and the phone feels it's heavy it feels expensive <laughs> but uh super fast uh the only thing is i am like uh I, I've been wanting to buy one of the nicer MagSafe cases. Mm -hmm. So I've been raw dogging this shit now for two weeks. And, and uh, it's a ticking time, Bob, man. It's only a matter of time before I throw this thing on the ground and smash it. So I got to get a case on this thing quick. Uh, every, every like phone company, they have like their thing they're good at. Google, amazing at the night photos. Yeah. Samsung has a fucking, they're, they, basically invented the goddamn wide angle lens on a phone and now everybody yeah. else is kind of adopting it um they were doing the blurred background through software like long before everybody else everybody yeah. has their thing iphone consistently takes a little bit of everyone's and makes just the most well-rounded camera and yeah. i love that like i can tell you right now that that camera is far superior in everyday situations than mine my i have the the samsung um series phones and if the conditions are right, if the lighting is right, if everything's right, bet one of the best cameras I've ever seen on a phone. But again, everything has to be right. Yeah. That's kind of the problem. So all right, man. I feel like uh that was a pretty good, pretty good got, pod. Yeah, I got one more thing I gotta say. Uh, what if I don't want to hear it? No, you gotta hear it. Because oh, I gotta hear it. This podcast is called Heckin' Cool Dads. So I have to talk about this momentous moment in our house. As of yesterday, January 2. Everybody's two, potty trained. As of yesterday, January 2, 2021. For the first time. For the first 
effing time since having children. So, 12 years. We are ahead on laundry. What? At any given point in the last 12 years, we have had a backlog of at least three to five loads to be done. And now I do a load and we put it away and then there's no more laundry to do. We finally fucking did it. I, um, I'll clap to that. (laughs) I'll clap to that. I don't think uh, I don't think we've ever been three or four loads behind in my life. Maybe we just don't have as many clothes, or maybe we don't change as much. Uh, so. It's just maybe it's also my kids, man. But they create a lot of dirty laundry, and it's just one do of those things. But the other thing, their, do they do the laundry themselves? No, no, no. I know you guys got a whole vibe there, but no, uh, not really, not really. We we're just starting it with Hayden. Oh, like, but and no, he already no. exploded a fucking pin in the dryer. So no, that maybe maybe that'll be next. But we had to get to this point because that's the thing is this we're not good at like putting like doing a load and then putting it right away. You know, so it's like doing loads and then you have two piles. You have the clean clothes you haven't put away yet, and then you have the dirty clothes that still need to be done. And we just never got a good flow. And and every time we tried, you know, it just kind of fell apart. But we spent over the last week, over the last week specifically, we 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 the two of us said we are going to have a constant stream of laundry moving until it is done and we are ahead and we got there my buddy those are called intentions yep that's what you're doing you got it all right on that note let's wrap up successful podcast 68 i cannot wait for the nice podcast 69 nice peace peace